Hi, everybody. It's The Rock and Roll Chef, and welcome to the official podcast of The Rock and Roll Kitchen. This episode is brought to you by the award-winning Totally Chipotle Foods. All natural, no preservatives, no high-fructose corn sweetener, the best brand in Chipotle, Totally Chipotle. And also by the Rock and Roll Kitchen pop-up show space, a traveling trade show featuring food, music, product showcasing, and retail opportunities. For more information, visit rockandrollkitchen.com. Come on up to my kitchen. You don't know what you're missing. Jerry Wine in my motor. Every time. Today's guest is Scott Robertson of Robertson Communications. He has more than 30 years of PR and marketing experience with a wide range of organizations, including Hewlett Packard, Global Village Communications, Nextel, and Warner Music Group. Robertson is an active member of the Public Relations Society of America. Prior to founding Robertson Communications, he was the Director of Marketing and Communications and PR for NAM, the National Association of Music Merchants. He also has an award-winning weekly podcast called May the Best Brand Win. Hi, Scott. Welcome to the Rock and Roll Kitchen podcast. Hey, thanks very much, Marty. Glad to be here. And you forgot my most important moniker, which is uh, bass player and lead singer for a uh, semi-average bar, <laughs> bar and wedding band in Orange County, California. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. That's, uh, that, uh, I probably had the most fun doing that job. Well, you know, there's a lot to be said for somebody who actually plays music for real. You know, whether how much money you make for it or not is always a question, right? <laughs> yeah, but no But money. you know, in, in my opinion, everybody should play music, either professionally or not. It's really good for your self-esteem, for your social skills. So true. Connecting your nerve endings, whatever. It's just really good. And I don't know about you, um, but as far as me, all the people and situations that I've had the opportunity to be involved with over the years that never would have happened without playing music. No way, no how. Oh, and, um, definitely the case. You know, yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, and, and just all the, all the people I know that have no reason to know each other otherwise, right? So on a scale of 1 to 10, speaking to your bass playing skills, Scott, what do you give yourself versus what do other people give you? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I, I, I've been doing it for a long time. Um, there, there are very few bass lines that I can't, uh, I can't play as long as I, uh, you know, spend time working on them. Uh, our band, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with Neil Pert uh, passing away this year, our, our band uh, learned how to play Spirit of Radio. And uh, wow. yeah, and and um, I mean, obviously, when when you take on a, a tune like that, and and you know, and try to do you know the the master Getty Lee's uh, stuff, uh, that if you can do that, I think you're you're certainly in the top probably five percent of bar band bass players. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call a dubious honor, Scott. A bar top. Five. It's like that that movie. I don't know if you're a baseball guy or not. Um, Bull Durham. Oh yeah. Yeah, where uh, Kevin Costner, he's, he's chasing the all-time record for minor league home runs, yeah, I think, yeah. as part of that movie. Absolutely. <laughs> he goes, you know, well, what, what does it really mean? You know, you're, you're the king of, of minor league baseball home run league. You know, what does that really mean? As I so, always tell people, I'm, but I'm, I, I'm clawing my way slowly to the middle of show business. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're... A, you're in the middle of it with what you do for your business. Let's let's talk about. It. Uh, and again, I'm, I, I really love that you are a professional player. Sure. Whether you're okay. making millions millions of dollars per show, but or or just working for tips and drinks, you're still getting paid to play. So that's something right there to me. But um, 
You have a really interesting history. I think I've been knowing you since you were first when you were, I'm sorry, when you were working for NAM. I think I've known you that long. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. What an interesting job. I mean, wow. What a, you know, a lot of trade shows. I'm in the food business too, Scott. And some of these trade shows are not doing well, a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, there's one called F- FMI, Food Marketing Institute. Sure. And they started going every other year. You know, they, it's just more and more um, sellers are figuring out they don't want to spend all that money. You know, and it's a union shop, too, here in Chicago. Yeah. So they're paying the unions, this, that, whatever, and they just don't have the sales to justify all the expenses that they put out to participate in the show. So they didn't, and they stopped doing it, and they started going every day of the year. But NAM, on the other hand, and I'm sure you were part of this, just seems to be getting bigger and bigger, right? They expanded the building, and it's just sold out. It's just balls to the wall every year. Yeah. Well, you know, NAM NAM serves Bloody Marys and and caters to musicians, so you're good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Woo-hoo! But uh, what, but what an interesting job for you and your business. Let's hear about it. What, what are you doing these days? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I left Nam. So so my company is eight years old. Uh, as of uh, next week, actually on March fifth, my company will be eight years old. Uh, and uh, and and it's been it's been great. I mean, I had uh, I had the time of my life, you know, working for Nam for a musician to be able to work, you know, with that group of people and and, uh, and and my team down there and and just working with everybody and on on that mission. And it's just it's it's really you know really a dream come true to work you know work for that organization, um, you know. But I wanted something for myself. You know, I wanted to I wanted to do things my way, and uh, I wanted to see what I was capable of doing beyond uh, you know beyond just that Nam role, which I had for 11 years. You outgrow things, and I, I outgrew it, and I, I wanted to be the boss, and and uh, and now I am, and I've been the boss for eight years, and I've never been happier. Well, they say you're either working on your dream or working on somebody else's dream, right? Exactly. I have great skills in um, in in helping organizations communicate. I fixed the NAM's brand, which was not easy to fix. I came up with Believe in Music, Belong to NAM. And uh, oh, wow. it took a long time. It took a, it was a, there was a lot of politics involved in it. But today, it's a much stronger organization because of the stuff that I was able to do and my team was able to do. And, um, and I'm really proud of that fact. I feel like I've given back to the music world in that way. And life's a journey where you continue to learn stuff. And, and one thing about me is uh, I never stay in the same place. I'm always learning. I'm always growing. Uh, I'm always developing my, my writing. I'm always developing in, into new skill sets. I just recently got my Story Brand certification from Donald Miller Story Brand Program. And that's really just a way to help all businesses grow by focusing on the message. I'm a big believer in the message. When we, when we change the message, we change the whole tone of, of what we're saying, and we can communicate with the audience at a much deeper level based on sort of what they want and problems that we're solving for them, rather than what most companies do, which is talk about themselves, and then the audience doesn't care. So I fix stuff like that. Well, I'm going to boil this down to one thing that I really like about you, uh, at least your business. I don't like you at all, Scott. Yeah, God well, damn it. screw you. <laughs> but but, but <laughs> F you, and here's my invoice. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've had my share of working for big corporations, too, and hopefully I'm done. No more. There you go. Um, it's just, you know, the lunacy, the dysfunction. The lack of common sense, the lack of street smarts, the lack of true creative thinking. The it's lack incredible. of good coffee. 
The lack of the lack of good coffee and a, and a lunchroom that doesn't make you want to take your own friggin' life every single day. I think now we're getting down to it. That's funny, man. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about food too if you want, because to me they go hand in hand. Anybody that doesn't get the connection between food and music is a freaking idiot. No, in my every, opinion. everybody or, or every every musician that I know is always talking about food. Always talking about exactly. food. Exactly. Yeah. My band does. Oh, come on. We, you know, we it's, talk it's about like, food all the time. No kidding. Well, um, I, I believe you. Do you know this guy? You know, uh, I mean, you know so many people. I, we've never really talked about this, but you heard of Steve Albini of Electrical oh, yeah. Audio in Chicago? Yeah, absolutely. Um, big foodie. In fact, I've been over there nice. to talk to him. And he, and, and he goes, he, he flips on, he goes, see that? That's the Food Network. Food Network. I don't watch music shows. <laughs> I watch the Food Network. And he's he's big into cooking, big time. And, you know, it's a common thing when you're on the road. I don't know if you've ever toured, but I have. And, um, you know, you're trying not to get sick, by the way, to get a cold because the singer, get, somebody in the band gets sick, you're screwed, right? Yeah. yeah sometimes you got to cancel shows. So nutrition is a big part of that. What are we eating? And also trying to keep your weight down if you're trying to be rock star skinny, so to speak. So food is a really big thing, and anybody that says they don't see the co- the connection between the two is lying you, or crazy. You know, at least and, at, um, at least three times a day, uh, I, I'm really into food. Uh, I, you know, I mean, there there are three points during the day where food is my is, 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 it, it works for me. You know, so I, I, so I'm into it. <laughs> right. Well, speak, speaking as a pro chef and a pro musician, which I am. I gotta say, uh, I've had better luck with the ladies than with food, than with music. Oh, and, look at and you! I can play for real. Casanova. Yeah, but it, it's true. I don't know why. Well, it's true. I'm just saying. You know, what's more effective, the music or the cooking? Hmm. I gotta say, the cooking is a little more in the in the plus column than that. But um, yeah, you know, where are we you know, we're talking about. You know, I can cook. Yes. I, uh, I was gonna tell you, one of my favorite new things that I got. I got a Ninja Foodie Grill. And uh, and it's like um, it's it's like a combination like indoor grill um, and and air fryer and it can you can like bake cakes in the damn thing. I mean it's like this huge piece of wow. equipment. I got this bad boy for um, uh, you know for Christmas uh, and and uh, man it is great. It really makes a nice steak. I mean I tell you it really makes a lot of nice. Uh, it really it makes a lot of nice stuff. I I'm loving the foodie. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's really a, f- a fun, uh, a f- you know, a fun thing, and and um, you know, I I you know, I love to cook. I mean, I, I'm I kind of suck at. It. I, I don't like sit in the kitchen and, and go over painstaking recipes and things like that. But but you know, I uh, I definitely cook for myself all the time. Well, well, good. And I'm just pointing out that they go hand in hand to me, food and music. And what do you talk about? You know, plumbers they probably don't talk about plumbing when they're on. You know, doing something else, right? Not intentionally. Just like musicians. Yeah. Yeah, well, musicians, the, the, all the ones I've worked with, which has been a lot, and real pros, and some of them are Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, they don't talk about music very much because that's their job. Yeah. It's just true. old news to them so at true. some point. It's not some fantasy. When you meet a lot of corporate guys, and I'm sure you do, they have this fantasy about what it would be like to be a musician for a living, you know? Oh, absolutely. Know what it's really you know, like. you know, when, when, we, we, when I was at NAMM, we sponsored the, the Fortune Battle of the Corporate Bands. 
and uh, you know really? got a chance to see you know uh, Fortune magazine, uh, you know would sponsor it, and they would have you know I mean big companies like Mattel and and uh, Eli Lilly and, wow. and people like that would bring all the annoying employees that they have that think they can play music, and, 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 and they said yeah fine go play or whatever you know whatever, and sometimes it was like the, it's like the CEO you know and, uh, and 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 I got to judge I got to judge that in Las Vegas um, oh no yeah and it was uh, you know. No, they're they're better. They're certainly better than you think. If you want to do it, uh, you know, we're there for you. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, there's, yeah. there's and if they want to, they want to pay for it. Exactly. You if you, and, and, and for, Fortune did well with that too. But uh, but I, I agree with what you're saying. Lots of people who have other jobs uh, also play music. There are thousands and thousands of music venues, and Steve Vai can't play them all. You know what I'm saying? So it's gonna it, oh, yeah. it's gonna have to be the the armies of of bar bands and realtors and engineers and marketing people and you know I don't know presumably homeless people that come up and and you know uh, <laughs> and, and, and end up you know playing music on the weekends that's that's who entertains America damn it well what's wrong with playing music and you know something else I want I mean I can tell I can talk to you all all damn day Scott because uh, you know you you're doing a lot of stuff that I really agree with like the way you market brands content sure. and quality content and you know versus I'm sorry these education and, and degree heavy knuckleheads that don't know anything really about marketing and they think just buying a Google ad campaign that's marketing that's what they think Ooh, yeah that's scary any monkey can pick some Google words and throw a bunch of money at Google, so your yeah. your ad comes up on page one, right? Anybody can do that. That does. That's not marketing to me at all. Marketing is what you talk about. Yeah, quality content, content, interesting content, something that has little value, either either entertains me or educates me. Hopefully both. Yeah, that's the way to do it. And well, and you know these days and age, look at all you know. Video is king. You know, it's 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 the thing everybody's looking at on their phones. More than anything, I mean, podcasts are hot too, of course, but and you can't watch a podcast when you're driving down the road, or you can't watch a video. You're not supposed to, anyway. Yeah, in my experience, people um, they don't want to be sold. They don't want to be sold, and yet they have these powerful needs and urges to solve their problems and get their stuff done. So, so marketing sort of exists in this this you know area where the customer is king. And the, the company that solves the problem the best, that communicates the clearest, that is more about what their, they, the customer needs to get done, is going to win. And I'll let you on a little secret of Google, is that um, if, you, if you write really good blog content and you're commenting on the news and, you're, and you become sort of a news source for, you know, for um, and I mean this like for, for a corporate brand, Google rewards those sites at a much higher level than even people that pay them money for ads because Google is a servant of its audience. And it can't ever, no matter how big it gets, it can never stop serving its audience or it dies, right? Yahoo figured that, learned that lesson. So, um, you know, so as long as you know that, because I, I have SEO people all the time go, they're always bitching about Google changing the algorithms and stuff and say, well, Google changed the algorithms and now my search engine doesn't work. Well, my search engine stuff always works because it's about telling stories. It's about telling stories that help people, that are useful, that are valuable, and communicating in the most clear fashion that allows people to find your brand. I love it. There's so many like, like music manufacturers 
that instead of talking about kind of what they really do and, and, and those kind of things, they just, they, they dig right into a bunch of, you know, jargon type of language that isn't clear that you're only going to get, I mean, maybe you're going to get like your hardcore guitar readers and stuff like that to understand. So I fix stuff like that. And I go in, I say, why the hell are we talking about all, all of this when none of this is what the customer wants? Right. And they say, and they say, I, and they're like, I know, right? And, and, and I'm like, there you go. And we, we fix that. My tagline is, may the best brand win. But it's, it's very, it, but, but by best, I mean the clearest communicator, the one that is the most about the customer and its needs and the, the, the customer's needs is going to be the one that wins the day in marketing. And that's not going to change no matter Google, 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 uh, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, TikTok, blah, blah, blah. The customer wants to do what the customer wants to do. You're getting and that's to some, other, change. Some, some stuff that I have found also firsthand experience, like you're talking about Google with content and blogs. You know, any monkey with a budget can get on page one of Google with a paid ad, right? Doesn't mean their stuff is any good. It just means they had a budget to spend money on their keywords, right? That's all that's all that and means. To qualify that, I would say any any monkey can get on the on the paid ads that everybody skips over. We skip the paid ads and we go and we and we go down to, you know, who Google thinks is going to be the best content. I've had a lot of success getting my clients on the first page of Google uh, without paying Google a cent. There you go. It's beautiful. I know how to do that too and and that's one of the things I really like about your your attitude, Scott, and your experience, because if you have a little common sense, which is not common these days, no, and just kind of figure out how Google operates or how people operate, and just because somebody has the most money to spend to tell me how great they are, look at these political campaigns now, okay? I don't care who you're for or who you're against, but come on. You know, wow. All these, these hugely funded ad campaigns to get me to like some candidate? Just because they got the money to tell me that, that's not going to change my mind. No, no, no way. But you do live so, you do live in a country. I, one thing I will tell you, and one thing I would advise my clients is, you live in a country where 38% of people won't buy Corona beer because they're afraid of getting the coronavirus. <laughs> I, I heard about that. That, is, like, you know, that is the... Uh, uh, tell me, tell mm. me when you hear that, that you just don't want to say, <laughs> I'd like to check out now, please. The world, the world <laughs> has gotten too friggin' stupid for me to be in it anymore because that I mean that that's a see as a communicator you have to know that's a level of stupid that you must be aware of you must be aware <laughs> that there's that much stupid in the world of course but th that's never changed technology has made it more obvious and faster scott that's you all know, that's done. When I, I was talking I, this. I was telling you about story, story brand for a second well, so don miller uh, advocates making your website caveman simple and i was kind of laughing at him and i was like he was like he was like no must be caveman simple Call, click on website i yep. i know what you i know what you sell i you know i click I, you know, I click, I move on, you know, and, and, and he says you have to be like caveman simple and you kind of laugh at that. And then you see a study like 38% of people think they're going to get the coronavirus from Corona beer. Seriously. They say they think that. And, I know. and you're like, I know, I mean, that's, I, I'm sorry. That's, that's fourth, fifth grade reading level. Stupid. Right. I mean, you're, you're, we're, we're in the, we're in the basement. You got to be there. Well, you know, tech, technology, you got to be <laughs> Go lower. Hit the masses. You know, work for the classes, live with the masses. That's one of my favorite phrases. No doubt. Meaning, keep it simple. Uh, appeal to the common man. But, you know, I mean, I, look, 
technology's made us all stupid. I mean, how many phone numbers do you really know that are in your phone right now, Scott? Yeah, Two, yeah, no, three, uh, very few. You know, very, come very on. few. That's er- that's everybody. You know, you voice activated this and this and smart and Alexa and, and like holy crap. Mm-hmm. You know, it's designed to make us stupid. It's designed to make people not have to use their heads. I mean, my math, I was never good at math, but now I'm completely useless at math. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know that movie, that Mike Judge movie, Idiocracy? It's like... It, it, um, it, I've heard of oh it. Oh, my God. I've heard of so it. it's like, um, so um, uh, Luke Wilson uh, is, oh, is, I have is, seen is the main I have character, right? And he's like an average smart yeah, yeah. smart guy in the 90s. And he and he falls into a coma, and, he, and, and like he wakes up 30 years later, and he's the smartest man in the world because yeah, yeah. everybody's become that stupid. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I, I have actually I have seen that with I mean, Dax Shepard. I think. Yeah, exactly. Too. But who in the world would think that that would be nonfiction? <laughs> I mean, we live in a world where thirty-eight percent of people think they're going to contract the coronavirus by drinking Corona beer. Wow. Well, look, you can't save the world. You can't save the world. You can only do what you're doing. Hope the right people notice. And um, my word, you just can't save the world. You know, it's here to learn and get better, maybe. But you know, you got to cut through all that stuff. And yeah, yeah, right. A simple message. There's a, you know, there's a new. I've been, there, speaking of ad campaigns, what's it called? Quibo. Been seeing this guy. Yeah, Quibi. Were these segments? Yeah, Quibi, and they're all under ten minutes. Apparently, is the whole <laughs> selling point. <laughs> I guess. All, the, all this yeah. content. That I think that's what it is. I got just enough time for a Quibo, they say, or something. Quibi, and it's under ten minutes. Now, I used to work for um, um, Sears Kenmore. I'll just say it. I, I don't think I can't believe they're still around. To tell you the truth, yeah, <laughs> I can't. Believe, they've lasted this long. They barely are. And uh, yeah. What, yeah, it's just like wow. What you know, major, an iconic American brand in the toilet. You know, and, and who, who knows really why? But I know the marketing sucked because I was part of it for a little bit of a while. But uh, some people were coming at me saying, "Yeah, we've, all, all our data says that we've only got two minutes." that people are only going to watch a video for two minutes. I said, no way. I said, if it's good, they'll hang on longer. If it sucks, they're gone in 15 seconds. Depends. 20 seconds, yeah, right? It de- back, it de- back to content. And the most important factor there is them and their needs. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, it depends on the individual person and their individual needs and what they're individually doing individually. You know, I mean, it depends. So... Yeah, no, uh, I, I don't. Right. I, I don't. I don't buy into that. That people, you know, have it, it depends on the people, you know. It does, and what you're looking for. Um, let's let's talk gear just a little bit. Um, I my gear. I'm using a um, a Lewitt brand microphone. Have you heard of this brand? Uh, um, I haven't. No. I mean, there's there's God, there, there's so many good mics out there. I mean, come on, there are literally thousands to choose from, and and they're all good, right? You got Neumanns and Shures and. Uh, Sennheisers and AKGs and on and on and on, right? Oh yeah. So wh- what mi- what mic do you use, by the way, that you're talking in right now? Uh, this is the uh, the Becaster uh, from uh, God, I forgot the, the the mic company that uh, one of my clients uh, it was 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 putting out. But it's the it's a Becaster podcasting mic. It's good. Yeah, it has okay. four capsules right. in it. It's nice. Gets it done. Well, I mean, the, the point is that there's so many good mics, depending on the price. Oh yeah. This one I'm talking to you, you know, it's I did a lot of research and a lot of opinions. And, you know, I mean, I've used five thousand dollar mics. I've used forty dollar mics. You know, from Blue, they're little uh, USB mics. Yeah, Blue's okay. And um, it, it, yeah, I mean, it just depends. I mean, even PV has um, some mics that we've used on drum kits. You know, for the drums. Sure. And they sounded fine. 
But it really comes down to content again and you know, who's playing and what they're playing. And um, that's more important than a microphone. But uh, so I didn't know what, what you're doing. Uh, I, I'm using, uh, I use Logic. I switched over from Pro Tools a few years ago. Oh, nice. From my DAW. Yeah, and it's just an amazing uh, program. Um, I'm not promoted by, or I'm not sponsored by Apple or anything. I'm just, yeah, logic I like, is like that there's no subscription. It's, in, it's incredible, especially the drums. Um, I'm not a drummer per se, but I've worked with a lot of them, and I'm pretty good at putting together drum tracks eventually. Yeah, quick. And their, uh, their drums. Uh, quick, yes? quick plug from my, uh, my client, BandLab. Um, one of the best uh, free DAWs on the, on the planet. And they just keep adding new, you know, very feature-rich. Uh, yeah, you just go to BandLab.com for that one. They've been my client forever. Wow. We, we grew them from, uh, you know, when we started, BandLab was about 500 users. And today it's 12.5 million. 12.5 musicians, you know, logging in, and it's it's kind of the world's biggest playground for, for musicians of all genres. It's very robust. It's out of Singapore. And, um, uh, you know, I love working with them because they, you know, um, you know, they they always have interesting things going on with the brand, but the, the core band lab uh, tech is really, really slick. And I encourage anybody out there that's looking at DAWs, um, uh, you know, to make sure, ch- check them out. One of the coolest things about it is it's cross-platform. So it works with iOS, Android, and it works with any PC or Mac using a Chrome browser. So that, nice. so if, um, yeah, if you're collaborating with people, you've got a lot more options to collaborate with people, and, and no matter what well, they t- have, you know, it's great. Well, t- tell me about it. Is it, is it a one-time purchase or subscription-based, or how do they do it? It's free. Free. Um, okay, how about some of their plugins? Like I was talking about um, the, the drum sounds on Logic, which are incredible. They have something similar to that yeah, as part e- of the program? Everything in BandLab is free. Uh, you know, it's like... Uh, I mean, you expect me to like, I, I sound like Bernie Sanders, but it's true. It's like uh, ev- everything is free and <laughs> and the taxpayers don't pay for jack squat, which is a big difference between, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders pie in the sky nonsense and like uh, actual free. Uh, the cool thing about BandLab <laughs> Technologies is, is the fact that they, uh, you know, yeah, they... You know, BandLab is, um, is a company where the, the, the CEO always wanted the tech to be free. But the company makes money really? because they sell Harmony guitars, they sell Harmony amps, they sell oh, mono cases. Oh. So it's really a fascinating business model because you have like a hardware company, and you know, like you, you have like a almost like a Diadario type of company that makes a bunch of different types of um, you know accessories and products and everything. And then you have the funds from that funding the software development that kind of keeps the um, the the playground going. Uh, I always use the analogy of a tennis court. It's like um, BandLab's the world's biggest tennis court, you know, for musicians, and BandLab makes money by being the being the provider that's right outside the door that sells, uh, you know, rackets and balls and you know, I don't know, hmm. the, and, and clothing and that, that kind of thing. So, so BandLab uh, is it's a, it's a fascinating business model, but from a musician's perspective, uh, it's free. It's always going to be free, by the way. I'm going to check it out. Um, and on, uh, compared to other DAWs, like I said, Pro Tools I used to use, yeah, check and it. Logic. What's what's the learning curve? Would you say compared on BandLab compared to those other two? Well, I'm a bass I player and I can use it, so I, I put it in. Uh, you know, I, 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 I put it in, in bass player terminology. I'm like, uh, of course, I, I just to rank myself. I am not one of the people who believes you can get the coronavirus from drinking Corona beer. So so I'm, I'm higher up on the scale from that, but still a bass player, so not quite at the top. <laughs> so I'd 
say uh, I'd say if you have a working knowledge of uh, the world, yeah, then All you're right. going to be just fine. Right. <laughs> you know, well, speaking of um, so, BandLab is is it mostly for collaborations like remote? Worldwide, is that kind of the inspiration? Or, yeah, and I or, and I use it. Or, I use it just. Um, I use it to like sketch down ideas and 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 you know write music. It's for you as an, an individual. You can put your songs up there, and people can comment on them. People can do other little, um, you know, revisions of your stuff if you if you allow that in the privacy settings. You know, you could lock everything down and and just have it in your like a big SoundCloud from that point on. But but um, it's it's Got it's it. really collaborative. It's awesome. It's free. There is no risk to try it out um they're they're really good at about not using your data in a creepy ass way too i mean it's not like a facebook because mm -hmm. everybody's like oh they must sell the data we don't sell the data that's stupid that's bad form that's how you make best bad relationship building right there that's not going to happen so yep. so it's all right, right. so it's all about um it, it's all about giving musicians a place to play and a place to uh you know just a, a playground you know that they a digital playground they can enjoy that's great. Now, leading into this question, do you do much remote collaboration as a bass player with people that around the world that maybe they've never even met them? You do stuff like that yeah, yeah. with your uh, music. People have asked me to do it, but I'm really busy. And uh, I have I have a friend of mine uh, from St. Louis, and he wrote a bunch of music, and he said, "Could you put that on these bass tracks?" And I feel like an a hole completely for not doing it, but I just uh, I. I just never got it done. You know, I just never got up there and, and got it done because I, you know, I, I, I run a business and it's, and I'm extremely busy and I'm, I'm playing with my band on the weekends and I'm trying to, my, my kids are 17 and 21 and I'm desperately trying to spend time with them before they, you know, shut the door on me forever, you know, th th things like that. So, you, you, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Right. Well, but you I'm could, gonna, if you wanted to, I, if, you, if yeah, you had time, it, you would do it. I, and I think I will come back yeah. to it. I think like once my kids are out of the house and everything, um, I love to record. I mean, I, I used to, before I had kids, I used to record all the time. And then every, and then once I had kids, I really just stopped, I stopped writing music and I stopped recording and I really need to get back into it because, um, you know, I have a lot of song ideas. I did write one original song that our band plays called Bar Band uh, and people love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. They have, they love the song because it's kind of funny and, and is it, it's like, is it done? Is, is it, re is it ready for the world right now? Uh, kind of, sorta. Yeah, I mean, we never. <laughs> this this will be. Why don't you Why don't you finish it, you slacker? Finish it, and we'll play it on the podcast. There you go. I, I, My podcast. I, we will finish it. But I, I I promise you that the band we play it live, and the band's always like, we should record this, and then we're like, and then everybody gets busy, and we never record it. You know, and and we have band lab at our disposal, so we could easily do it. We just don't because we suck and just. All right. Yeah. Well. I, you you can beat yourself up later, like why you know why don't we do that? I, know. I mean, how how rough would that really be? You know, I I personally I I'm a studio rat. You know, I've been yeah. I'm a songwriter, and uh, I've been lucky. I've recorded in some of the best studios in the world, sometimes for free, just based on the strength of my songs. Nice. Uh, Caribou Ranch. I don't know if you ever heard of Caribou Ranch. I certainly have. Colorado. Yeah. I was I was I was a chef up there, Scott, for a while. Oh, until very it, cool, uh, man. Till till it burned down. Yeah, and. Um, it was, I would cook for people like Ronnie James Dio and Amy Grant. <laughs> Talk about the, the devil angel yeah. side of the, of the, hey, uh, so wait, <laughs> of the, I gotta, both, I, I gotta ask. So, yes. so Dio didn't burn it down with his devil fire, did he? 
Well, that's a whole different conversation on what the real cause of that fire. I mean, and it's a, you know, I can tell you for a fact, uh, his name is Jim, Jim Gersio was the owner and he produced all those Chicago hits. There you go. And also Blood, Love it. Blood Sweat and Tears. And he worked with a lot of people. I mean, that was an amazing studio. Nice. I lived in Boulder for 10, ten years off and on. Oh, very and good. I was working, I, like, I, like I still do really, I was cooking and playing both for money. And, um, one of my friends was, I wasn't the head chef, but I was a chef there at uh, Caribou. And he goes, yeah, I got this job and you want to come up and work with us? Okay. And so, nice. um, just an amazing experience. I mean, what, you know, outside of Boulder, then you go up the mountains into Netherlands and you keep going and then you find this unmarked driveway with the security code and you drive about another half a mile and there's the ranch, you know, it's an old ghost town and a converted barn. Beautiful. Fun. But, Have um, fun. Jim Gers, Jim Gersio, um, Real conservative guy, you know, real hard-nosed businessman, smart guy, you know, really talented uh, songwriter, musician, producer, but businessman. And um, he had kids that were getting older and uh, coming up in these rock stars with all their habits, should I say. And one day, one of his daughters, I think it was Katie, she, she stumbled across a, an adult situation, shall we say, with one of, I think it was one of Dio's band members. All right. And then word got back to Jim and he hit the roof. And that was pretty much the end of it. He, he didn't want to be in the, the recording business anymore after that. Oh. With his kids around. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. That was part of it. But uh, I recorded there in Caribou. I, you know, I had a chance one time to sit down after dinner and just play some songs I'd written. With uh, Gersio, it was nice. He goes, hey, play another one, play another one. This guy's got tunes. So he let me record for free in uh, in the studio before it burned, uh, just based on the strength of my song. So Nice. I'm a studio rat. I'm a studio rat, and uh, and I'm recording stuff now. And part of what we're talking about was these, these DAWs. For people that don't know what that means, it's Digital Audio Workstation. Is that correct? Digital Audio Workstation. It is. A DAW. DAW, baby. Um. And they're, you know, band lab, band lab. You said or band camp, uh, band lab. Band lab, band camp is a very different ba- thing. Okay, ba- so band lab is free, and all you need is a what, a microphone, some kind of audio interface box, and some kind of decent computer, and you're good to go, right? Yeah, that's yeah. It. Just download d- so, download the app and play with it. They have great loops, uh, the all the way from you know just sketching things out and trying to and and doing things, and you can record with the microphone on your phone you know i mean it's it's um yeah, yeah. it's really really yeah. uh i tell you what the 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 tech is really slick uh you can't beat the price furry and um you know it's uh it's 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 <laughs> awesome they've been my client for a long time we have a lot of fun together uh just just promoting the you know the world of music and their sort of unique take on it um they they operate and they are like no other company in the in the music products industry that I've ever encountered in in the fact that how they uh, have structured their hardware and software business it's really really fascinating and it's just a it's a it's a hell of a lot of fun we have a great time well the point I'm trying to make is it's getting easier and easier and easier to produce quality music right these days sure including absolutely band lab. And, and why wouldn't you you know if, if you love music and you're creative and you have some kind of skill whether it's singing or bass or keyboards or guitar, or whatever, you know, digital drums. Yep. Why wouldn't you knock out content, whether you're a professional or not? And that's what I'm doing is, you know, back in the day, it cost all this money to record, Scott, you know, not that long ago to go into the studio. Yep. The engineer and the room and all that. And, you know, anywhere from 500 to 1500 a day, depending on what you're doing, I guess. Yeah. Back in the day. And now you can do, you can do not, not all of it, but you can do a lot of it yourself just on, a, on your laptop or your, 
computer and you know, for free. So that's just a really good reason for everybody to make music, um, including you. I, I want to hear that song that you guys wrote. I want to hear it done. Bar band, yeah, <laughs> bar band. It's fun. But we, but we will. I tell you what, we will record it. The band has always been after me to record it, and uh, and I think yeah. I've been kind of the bottleneck on it. Like I said, it's tough to run your own business, so it takes uh, it takes a lot of time, and uh, and you know. So, but but you know, we'll get it done. let me let me we'll let me done. let me flip the script. Let me flip the script. You're in the business as a PR marketing guy, but also a musician. Yep. So maybe look at it as a business, uh, a marketing tool, right? For you, here's here's what we did. People love this song. We did it with band, so it's good for your client, good for you. And you know, it's funny, man. I'm, I'm a filmmaker too, and. It, to me, it's a lot harder to make good quality films than it is music, in my opinion. Sure, it's just you got to be. There's a lot of moving parts, this and that. But I get way more respect as a as a guitar player, and I got to believe that's because uh, anybody can grab a smartphone or a camera, right, and start shooting. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to put in much time to hit the record button <laughs> on, on a video, right? Very true. You don't have to do that. Yeah. But to be a good musician, a, a quality musician, that takes time. You know, you can't you can't cheat that. You have to put in the time, and most people can't play very well. You know, it takes they just can't. They they'd like to, but you you get you you've run into them right. All these horrible musicians that kind of kind of hack away at an instrument over, and you can tell they never put the time into it. They weren't serious about it yeah. to to learn their instrument. So it's it it's a it's a way to get a lot of respect if you're good at it and you know how to produce good products. So I'm just saying, I'm, I'm it's an argument for your marketing for your business to produce that song, Scott. Get it out there. Use all all the products that you um, you work for <laughs> or you help market. Stick them in there. And you know what? Mm. Boy, nothing works like a hit, man. If you got some kind of song that's that's going there, man, it opens up a lot of doors. Just a lot hey, of doors, right? It's already. I'll, and, t- I'll uh, tell you what. It's already a hit song. I, at least a dozen people. At right. least a dozen people so far have heard it in various bars. All right. All right. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. We so well, there you go. We, we throw it in our set at the. Um, uh, you know, we, we don't even say, uh, "Hey, this is an original," because we don't want to see everybody like walk, run to the bathroom or something, like when we're playing. Right. And right. so, so right. we just throw it in there. We, uh, it's kind of like a, a Green Day, like power pop kind of song. And so we throw it in there with like nice. Mr. Brightside and Longview and a couple of other like rock and songs that we do and people and sometimes people come on the break and they'll be like um they'll be like hey what was that song that you know who, who did that is that panic at the disco is that this is kind of thing and we're like no nah, that was us well there you go we're like that was us well you know yeah. what i i have spoken i'm i'm your uh, 60 second marketing uh, coach on that one get that one done, yeah, we, we done. stick as many products stick as many products in there as you can that you work with yeah. right and and make it a feature piece and if it goes somewhere hey they all get a piece and that's that to me is is kind of what i hear you speaking about with your marketing you know good content right here's what we use to produce this good content and here's yeah. why and here's how so that's just just really hard to argue with really good quality content you know they, whatever they, that may they be. all they all get a piece that was uh, harvey weinstein's tagline right <laughs> Well, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah. uh, you're, but you're a funny one. Yeah. Uh-oh, Scott, Scott's a funny one, man. You better have a sense of humor in this business. Better. I mean, it's so competitive. What makes something different or better? I mean, I, I met some guys not long ago that wanted to launch a pedal, some pedals, you know, some new pedals. We need more pedals. We do. Guitars. We need more. Yeah. God, there's so many, you know. It's, it's like these microbreweries, <laughs> right? I mean... 
how much can the market bear? Look at tequila. Look at all the tequila lines. It's just every day there's some product coming out. It's been done a yeah. million times, it seems like. So to me, it becomes a market. You know, I'm going to argue a little bit with may the best brand win. I'm going to say may the best marketing win because um, – have you ever been to Europe, Scott? You ever travel, go to Germany, <clears throat> a place like that in your life? I have, yeah, yeah, sure have. So, so the the beer, all right, the beer. Oh, and so I've been good. there a couple. I've toured. Now, I but mean, heavy. it's just night and day. Yeah. It's night and day yeah. between over there and here. But yet, we see these American beers that are just a headache in a can. But they got the best commercials. They got the biggest marketing ads. They got the biggest market share. And I'm thinking, why? You know, if you've had some really good product, good beer, why are you drinking that crap? <laughs> because they're marketing. Because they're marketing, I think. Why, why else would you drink a, a, a lame product unless you were buying into their whole campaign? You know, and it's nowhere near the best quality beer. You know, uh, that you, uh, uh, the, the biggest uh, the biggest brands here. Sure, I'll, t- I'll tell you why. So branding is branding is about emotion. You know, branding is about, um, you know, it's about transferring emotion at its core. A lot of people get this wrong, but this is how this is what it actually is. It is, and it, it has nothing to do with what the company wants to be true. It's like n- no one cares. It has to do with, um, like, uh, uh, like the best description, I've, the best metaphor I've ever been able to use is like the Horcruxes in Harry Potter. You know, in in Harry Potter, Voldemort, the villain, splits his soul seven different ways and attaches and attaches uh, part of his soul to these objects, to a locket, to a book, to all these different things. That's a good way to think about branding. Actually, what branding is is kind of us cutting off a little piece of us and attaching it to something else. We're attaching ourselves to, um, you know, uh, you know. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. People drink Budweiser there because Budweiser employs a hell of a lot of people in the city. It's the beer that's served right. at Bush Stadium, home of the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, forever. It's this. It's this emotional experience that people are comfortable attaching to themselves. People that drive BMWs, they're like, "Well, I drive the greatest driving machine in the world, the ultimate driving machine, or whatever." You know, that kind of thing. And it's like, and and we just sort of can ourselves that that bullshit is true none of it's true um, it's like that song Jason Moran says where he says we're just making it up you know I mean that's a that's another good way to think about it is that human beings you know there is not one objective truth that we see we sort of just project it and we sort of just make up our own version of reality based on what we want to be true and once you understand hmm. that as a marketer you can be infinitely more dangerous than somebody who is just, uh, you know, flipping tactics back and forth and kind of and, and doing that kind of stuff. One of the things that separates me. Buying Google ads. Yeah, one of the things that separates me in my practice is the fact that I truly understand how to influence and persuade people to do what I need them to do. Uh, you know, you, wa- you wow. want to use that power responsibly. Uh, there are those in this world. <laughs> th- there, there are those in this world who use that use some of that same stuff for dishonest means. And those people deserve a giant, you know, wedgie, you know, because that's not right. <laughs> but <laughs> well, learning how to yeah. use this, this you to- know, learning how to do the skill set of it, and that, and that sort, of, and learning how to wield brands correctly, is really, really important. You know, I talk to CEOs all the time, and they say, um, uh, they go, "Well, we have a brand, we have a logo, we have a logo," and then I go, "Okay." 
you know. And then I do the Harry Potter Horcrux thing, and I explain to him what branding actually is, and I explain to him that it has nothing to do with what you're putting out there. It has to do with where the customer is and their journey and, and those kind of things. And once you sort of let go of control and let the, let the customer, you know, uh, make you be about what they want to be about, then you're, then you're really doing this stuff. You're really doing this stuff. Apple's magical at it. Just watch Apple. Oh yeah. Watch Apple. Oh yeah. They never even talk about themselves. Oh yeah. They never they never even talk about themselves anymore. They they damn near don't use words. I mean, Apple almost doesn't use words anymore. They just kind of basically show you imagery of people that are successful and people that are awesome and their tagline is you're more powerful than you think. You know, and and instead of saying, "Hey, we're worth a trillion dollars. We, you know, we are a larger company than the GDP of half the world's nations put together. Instead of saying that, it's true. They just say, it's true. "Aren't you awesome? Have you lost weight? Damn, you're cool. You are so good looking. You know what? You're well, so good looking with our phone in your hand. Look how good looking you are with our phone." I'm thinking of one they did that was great. Speaking to my filmmaking side, um, did you see the one that they were running? I don't know, was it around December with a snowball fight? Or was it this year? Yeah, well done. During the Super Bowl. And the PR ran it was solid, too. The payoff was it was all shot on on iPhones, okay? But what they don't tell you is, you know, all the scripting and the the great audio and, you know, the the steady cams and the tripods and and the sliders, right? And all that and the lighting that went behind it. And also when you edit... Um, there's a lot of stuff you can do sure. in post with uh, c- color correction, stabilization, sharpening, all that kind of stuff, right? So they could t- technically say it was shot on an iPhone. I'm sure it was, but uh, it, there's a whole lot more that went with it than just you holding an iPhone. You know, here's the thing. Here's the like thing, that. though. Does it matter? Because you live in a country right, where 38 percent right. of people think they're going to get the coronavirus from drinking Corona <laughs> beer. You live in that country. You keep saying you keep you keep saying that, and it's, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's sadly yeah. sadly true. So, so um, do you honestly think that people at that level are even capable of having a conversation where they say, "Well, yeah, you couldn't <laughs> shoot that"? They're like, "Apple phone, great. Apple phone, nice. Apple phone, you. I, I shoot on Apple phone. My stuff look good. My videos look good. I buy Apple phone now." <laughs> But Scott, but Scott, consider this. That's the reason advertising works. That's a, that's the reason advertising works is because all these people that believe whatever they see on TV. They they don't dig into it. I mean, speaking of food, there's this yeah. this uh, plant based there's, there's this plant based meat product they're pushing now. I don't even know the name of it. Okay, and I'm nervous about it. You know, when I when I see all this big push and all these global oh, reviews, I, I, agree I haven't you. tried it. I agree with you. So much. And, and but that's just all marketing. That's all marketing, and there's there's a, a, a certain percentage of people that are just going to believe it. I tell you what, just because if, somebody had the money. If it comes out that Beyond Meat is like ground up homeless people, I'm going to be really pissed off. <laughs> I mean, it's Soylent. If, it, if, if, if we're in a Soylent Green situation here, and, and they're like, "Well, we really took care of the homeless population." In other news, Beyond Meat is just kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> It's like what? Scott Robertson. <laughs> Scott Robertson for president. He just solved two two huge problems. <laughs> running, running on the, the Soylent Green Party. Dude, I'm Scott Robertson, and I approve this message. I am going to be so disappointed <laughs> if they come out and say if there's a headline any day now uh, on on CNN. It says uh, and, and, and it says Beyond Meat actually found out to be ground up homeless people. I'm going to be so freaking disappointed. 
And yet, you get the and, stockholders. And yet, ecstatic. at the same time, at, and, and, and I have to ask you this question in all seriousness: If that came out, would you be surprised? I don't even think I would be no. a little bit surprised. I think I would say, "Yeah, I could see it." Right? They they, they got a homeless pr- pr- person problem. They, they, you know, that's making the, that's giving the government a black eye. So they come out with this Beyond Meat thing, and problem solved. Well, one one thing about musicians, I mean, they're pretty horrible people in my experience, but they, they always got a good sense of humor, <laughs> including yourself. Well, come on, they have they have the loyalty of a cockroach, Scott. That's what musicians Aww. are, most of them, to me. You you, ne- you never hear from them unless there's a gig, you know. I, at least I don't. That's the only time. I mean, they, they nobody calls. How you doing? What's happening? Let's go get a beer. I never get any of that, you know. But when you work with pro players, it's not social really. It's just work for most of them. But even the dumbest salesperson knows. You call people once in a while, see what's up. You know, how you doing? Yeah, you know, got you something know, for I'm, me. Whatever. I'm fortunate because my band, uh, we're, we're all best friends. We, we have a, we have a great time together. Uh, we, um, you know, we're, we're we're goofy together. I got two engineers and a realtor in my band, and uh, and 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 we just, um, you know, for for the engineers, you know, everything's got to be a plus b minus, you know, every a plus b's got to you know equal c every single time, and that kind of thing. And for the and for the realtor. Uh, he, he's just he's just an awesome dude. He's just a flat out awesome all around dude. And for the marketer, they let me handle uh, booking the band. Uh, it's so it's so nice of them to let them let me do that. And uh, and that and that's why I book it like fifteen minutes from my front door. It's wonderful. Hey, let's, so let's plug your business again. You are Scott Robertson com with two M's. Yeah, Robertson Communications dot yeah dot com. So I'm sorry, it's Robertson com with two N's dot com. Yeah. Correct. That's right. You're a content marketer. You're a professional musician. Uh, you got quite the resume, you know, with with Nam and all those other businesses that you work for. That's not like not a lot of guys like you out there that I've known, Scott. Yeah, you know, not there's a f- plus you're funny. There's a, there's a f- plus you're sick in the I'm head. Sick in the head and funny. <laughs> like I said, I, I have a different view of marketing than most people. Most people wouldn't have solved the problems that I've solved in my careers the way that I solve them. But you know. It it uh, it works, you know. Marketing is kind of part art and part science. But one one thing that I think that is really missing, you know, in so much marketing is there's just no mention of psychology. There's just no mention of of the target at all. I've had you know digital marketing companies that say, well, we're all about conversions and this kind of thing, and they don't think about these these people as people at all and that ain't ever going to work yeah that's not going to work because those people um as dumb as they might be and let's face it they could be but um (laughs) you know but as dumb as they might be they are trying to get it done in their own lives and you have got to if you're going to be good at influencing them then you got to understand them yeah, and you have to be able to make your stuff all about them, and you have to be clear, 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 and caveman simple. You can't be too yes. simple. You know, I've gone to so many websites that have like three market. The marketing department uh, wrote it, and it's like um, care, communicate, cure, bullshit. Don't write stuff that doesn't make any damn sense on your website. Be clear. Save your cleverness somewhere else. Get out of my mind, Scott, because here's something I was just going to ask you about, and that is, um, you know as well as I do that a lot of um, music manufacturers, they depend on celebrity musicians to sell the products, right? Sure. Very important. Um, you know, Fender, yeah. Well, you know, and you know, I know, I know Hartley Peavy pretty well, and uh, Cortland Gray, those guys I've known for a long time. Oh, yeah. And for my money, 
their stuff is as good as anybody else out there, especially in terms of durability, uh, roadworthiness, which is a big thing for a lot of musicians. But Hartley said to me, you know, our marketing stinks, quote unquote. He's just not very happy with it. Maybe it's his own fault, I don't know. But they don't really have, the last musician I can think of that really was a star star was Eddie Van Halen that they had in their mix. And they produced some guitars and amplifiers for Eddie. I think it was called 5150 or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, that, did, that did not end, end well. Hartley told me the story with all that. And uh, it, yeah, it, was, it did, didn't end well. Apparently, Eddie wanted Hartley to produce some amps that Hartley felt would just not sell, period. I think his EVH stuff is doing great over in the Fender side of things. I, that's why I, I always hear I, I, it looks like it's flying. I believe it, um, and and you know Eddie Van Halen, he's the real deal. But here's my question: Speaking of influencers, do you think how should I how should I ask this? Um, and this is something I've been recommending to, to people like Hartley, and not many people listen to me. <laughs> the marketing directors, they're, they're like the ones you encounter. They think buying Google ads is is a marketing plan, and it's not. I'm, I'm much Very more true. towards the emotion, the emotion, the emotional payoff that you're talking about, building a story. The culture, yeah. the vibe, right? Yeah, harder to do. Sell, selling the sizzle, as they say. Yeah, harder to do, but way, way more cost effective. If you think about it, you know, once oh, yeah. you once you're done with the Google ad campaign, you're done. You know, you're off page one. And the smart monkeys, it's like, well, why don't we spend a fraction of that and create some nice content that never stops playing and gets organic results that people want to watch, right? Why don't you do that? They don't think like that. What about like a YouTube star that may not have a big legendary record deal or something but yet has you know five million rabid followers why wouldn't some of these brands go after somebody like that versus uh you know stevie ray vaughn or eric clapton or john may or take your pick you know why not um oh, do they have less influence i think they do yeah i'll, I'll answer so most brands that i am um, uh, that i know big brands uh Absolutely, are are into influencer marketing, um, you know, and and there's not a while they won't throw cash at people, uh, which like like in the health and beauty side of things, you know, it's not uncommon for people to you know get thousands and thousands of dollars per post. Um, music companies are very comfortable giving away gear. Uh, you know, giving away you know gear and hey, use my stuff and and uh, you know all the way up to the the big artists and they have artist relations pro, you know programs and kind of do this stuff. But in terms of influencer marketing, uh, you know, uh, really it's under PR. It's a it's a uh, you know m kind of media and influencer relations program is absolutely something that um, should be used. Uh, it it's um, the reason you do it is about trust. You know, I mean, you know, if they don't trust you and what you're saying and, and that kind of thing, then, you know, maybe they would trust, you know, somebody that they're already listening to and that's and that sort of thing. Um, the trick with influencer marketing is you got to pick the right ones. You've got to make sure that if they, um, you know, if they do require a fee, there's FTC guidelines that you have to play by and you don't want to be on the wrong side of the FTC. Uh, on any sort of um, influencer stuff, you got to be in compliance with that. It's very, very important. There's five uh, key rules that you got to follow. I'm not going to get into it now because it's a whole thing. But uh, you know, call me or go to FCC.gov or whatever, and, and I can walk you through it. But, but um, yeah, you have to make. And then one of the most important things for the audience is you got to disclose. 
You got to the the influencers right. got to disclose and say I got to use this pedal from um, you know from Tysco, let's say you know uh, and and they let me keep it and they let me keep it in exchange for telling people honestly what I think about it and honestly what I think about it is it's awesome and that kind of thing and you know I mean obviously if and right. if it's if if a person doesn't like it enough to uh, say nice things about it then uh, then probably it just doesn't become a video and you you know and 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 you handle it. Uh, you know that way, you know on the back end if they, if it's that kind of product. But um, I would uh, I I think that influencers are a big deal. I think that most big brands in the music industry are aware of it, and um, you know they they probably you know give away seed products. But my my money is says that's not a marketing initiative. That's a public relations initiative. That is um, because okay. it fits very nicely into um, you know let's say we we're, we're launching a new guitar. You know, we can work with Guitar Player, we can work with Guitar World, we can work with Premier Guitar, you know, but there's also, you know, 10 or 15 people of influence out there that we might also like to send a seed unit to, you know, and sometimes they send them back and sometimes they don't, but that stuff's got to be disclosed. If there's monetary value changing right, right. hands, then you got to disclose it. And you as the marketer, the onus of responsibility is on you because the FTC isn't going to sue the influencer. They're coming after you. And you got to make sure I that you get that letter from the FTC. None of my clients do. We do it. We do it right. You probably have a podcast on just that. I'm guessing somewhere, right, Scott? And if you don't, you should. I do. Yeah, yeah. I talk about influencer marketing sometimes because uh, it does come up. Um, like I said, where you see your abuses in it, like the, the 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 health and beauty and food and hospitality industry, are very guilty of paying people to do stuff and not telling anybody it's paid. That is dishonest. That is not a way to build relationships, and, and even if you can get away with it, it is wrong, and you shouldn't do it. Uh, and, and sometimes when I say stuff like that, people go, oh, well, wrong, right and wrong, that kind of thing. I'm like, no, no, we know right and wrong. We're not stupid. You know, if it feels wrong, wrong to you, stop it. The main gist of this question we got is who has more influence, actual influence? And I just had this conversation with a, a – See, I, I, I get along great with the owners of companies, Scott, but when they dump me off to the marketing directors, the marketing directors usually hate me because it's not their idea. They don't want to be made to look bad. It's just the same thing over and over and over. But the, but the owner is like, well, this is what I'm paying them for. But to me, I, I said this something recently, and, and this company exhibited NAM. And speaking of celebrities, influencers, something I've learned over the years that so, there's there's a difference between the, the the headliners in bands, the lead singers, the leaders, and the backup musicians and the sidemen. Okay, sure. At, at least as far as in, in terms of influence, and yeah. somebody may be the greatest musician ever, and nobody's ever heard of him. I've worked with Lee Sklar. Speaking of bass players, yeah. incredible awesome. bass players, awesome. Uh, and, and oh, fantastic! You know, he he wants to do Rock and Roll Kitchen again. I've I've talked to oh, him. Oh, great! He, he did a pilot with Good. us years ago. Good man. Oh yeah, it was it was an amazing it was an amazing band. Jim Keltner on drums, Tower Power Horns. I mean, this is a cooking show pilot, Scott. Nice. Um, that that I did, but the point is, even though those those musicians and I can go on and on, they played on tons of hits, tons. But how many people really know who they are? Not many. Not really. Yeah, um, definitely. So when, when it comes down to playing the name game, um, it's not that many artists that really have the power to move the, ne the needle. Would you agree with that statement? Not that many yeah. that really can say, I'm, I'm going to run out and buy this because they use that. That's what I'm saying. And uh, this company that um, they, they exhibited at NAMM, and they had a lot of backup players that nobody's ever heard of. And I'm like, 
they may be the greatest players in the world, but how's that going to be a draw for you? You know, Nam in particular. Yeah. That's that's a star-studded show. That's star-studded, man. I'll give you that. you got some of the biggest names in the world. Sure, sure. I'll give you the answer. So the, the answer, um, and from my perspective, would be um, I'll give you the consultant answer, unfortunately. It depends. Uh, it, dep- it depends. Um, it depends on what you're trying to. You know, we, when we talk about psychology, it, it comes back to that. It comes back to, you know, uh, what do we know about the audience that we're trying to reach? What, is, what do they want? What's their, what, what's their kind of journey? You know, for a new player, um, somebody like Eddie Van Halen, that's a, I mean, that's a shitty influencer because he's got a talent that 1% of human beings on, on the planet are ever going to have. He's got a singular gift and a singular talent. He, uh, you know, he's self-taught and he, and he's unique and, and amazing and, and a God and, and, and all those kind of things. But if you're just starting to play guitar, you're not relating to Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're, you're not going to relate to anything that he's doing. You need to relate to somebody that you enjoy, you know, that, that, you know, is going to be, um, I don't know, maybe not quite as good of a guitarist, but somebody that's, uh, you know, a lot of fun that you enjoy. I mean, you know, maybe it's, um, you know, Justin Timberlake plays guitar. You know, obviously he's known for having the voice, <laughs> being the being the dancer. Neil Young. But yeah, but if you're, I mean, let's say, you know, if you see Justin Timberlake play guitar and you're like, oh, wow, you know, well, maybe I could play that. You know, maybe I could do that. I mean, if, if that's the, it, it, uh, the, the answer is it depends. It depends on who you're trying to All reach. Right where they're going, what their mindset is, and then what is the best influencer to try to, uh, you know, make that happen, you know, for that audience and and really, you know, reach that audience. You probably deal with management companies, too, on on the talent side sometimes, at least sometimes. Oh, yeah. For some of your marketing. Yeah. Yeah, and... The the big names, the A-listers, they're not going to cut a deal without the management in the middle. There's just no way. You know, the management will have a fit. They will hit the yeah, roof. Yeah, depends on the deal. So if you're tra- if you're trying to, yeah, and, and it's it's easier to to approach um, people who aren't quite. I mean, like Pink, for instance, you're not going to get through to her unless it's somebody in her family, somebody close, or her management. Especially if it's a paid deal, some kind of thing like that, you're going to have to go through management. Huh. So if if it's just the way it is, man. Believe me, I worked for her. She hired my my tribute band one time for private party, but that was her being the client. Uh, not the other way around, um, so to speak. But she seems awesome, but like if these... you crossed her, that she would just kick your ass. I mean, she she just she oh, yeah. she, she feels to me oh, yeah. that like uh, you know if you if you got on Pink's uh, wrong side, even though you're you're a man or whatever, that she would still just kick the shit out of you. Yeah, she she's not a uh, a delicate fainting flower yeah, yeah, <laughs> by any means, yeah. you know. And that's great. She's not and, that big. That's, that's what she does. She's like you know? f- five, four, five, six. You know, she's, yeah, she's tough, you know. She, um, but she, my, my point I'm getting here to is that and I'm trying to tell this client that had these uh, these backup musicians at NAMM, I said, you know, if you're playing the name game, if you really want to play it, you're not going to get there with backup players. It's just not going to happen. You're going to need either some A-lister or somebody with some real influence, and it could be a YouTuber, or you got to create content that doesn't matter if they're famous or not, right? And that's more of my space right there, Scott. Yeah, yeah, right up. Let's create some interesting content that people want to watch or are going to teach somebody or entertain somebody. And you don't have to have the biggest stars as long as it's good content. I mean, you know as well as I do, man, 
there's some amazing talent out yeah. there that nobody's ever heard of. And, right? and you know, I mean, incredible. And it starts with you know, everybody, everybody always asks me. They say, "Well, Scott, what do you mean when you say create great ton- content? You gotta start with the message. You gotta start with the story. There's no way around it. There's no way to go blow blowing past it. There's no way to come back to it." Uh, there is an order of how you do things in marketing. And the order is you do the message first. Uh, If you want to ask what problem I solve over and over again for my clients, it's exactly that problem. It's the fact that I go in and they say, oh, we got this and we got this and we got this and we got this. And I say, you got no message. And they say, and, and I say, I say right. you got no message, you got no story, you got no, uh, you, you know, I, I even ask people, I say, I say, what emotion is this based on? What emotion are you trying to evoke from the audience? And then they can't answer me. And I say, and that is why you fail. I mean, the, the reason that you fail in marketing is because you have truncated the process. You, you, you have truncated the process and you've jumped all the way to doing crap before you know what you're doing. Um, and uh, and it, and it as obvious as that is, uh, and and it is obvious, um, you know, uh, and and it shouldn't be that way, but it is that way. And I solve that same problem over and over and over again. I think it also comes from the fact that, you know, a lot of people have um, relegated control of their message to people that suck at messaging. Um, oh, website designers, graphic designers. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love you guys, and I work with you guys, but you can't. I mean, but you can't communicate your way out of a paper bag. You have no psychology it's experience. True. You have no. Uh, you you uh-huh. know. I mean, you know. There's no not a web designer in the world that has studied human psychology. They've studied. PMS color wheel, you know, and they've studied important and yep. important. They've studied other stuff, but because of people's yep. massive ignorance about what the hell branding is and what marketing is, they they just grab anybody that can make something look pretty, and say, um, and then of course those people take the work. And then that's why you have so many crappy websites. You have these websites that you know oh, yeah. that don't say anything. That say you know um, you know uh, what was the one I, I read the other day that uh, I was I was laughing my butt off. It said um, uh, you, you know uh, I always love it when they when they sl- they string a bunch of words together and pretend like it's English. They, they said uh, it's a uh, <laughs> we're 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 a, we're, a, we're we're a mobile focused, fully robust integrated solution. And I went, I'm sorry, but could we, I mean, did somebody run this through Google Translate and set it to bullshit? I mean, it's like, it's yeah. like you know, you know could, <laughs> could we speak like a human being for once? If there's one thing that, that defines me in my career is that my stuff is always clear. My stuff is, all, you always understand what I'm trying to say, and usually I do it very in a very direct way. I've had people say, oh, Scott, you don't sound like a marketer. I'm like, great, thank you so much. I love that compliment, because <laughs> marketers sound like a bunch of morons that don't un- actually understand how to reach people. It happens. I speak a lot about some of my corporate background, because I've worked for some big ones, like Kraft and Sears and Harley Davidson's different things that I've done, either as a chef or marketing, and I always paid attention, you know. And I'm always, I'm not shy. I'll ask questions. Why are we doing that? And I get in trouble doing that. I'm reminded of one of my favorite worst stories, working for Sears Kenmore. Somebody decided they should have a mime, M I M E, okay, in the mix, and <laughs> yeah, and me, you know, being me. At one point, and they would put him in these cooking demos and part of these 
these these uh, events they would no. do. All right. And at one point, I raised my hand and said, "Who all thinks a mine yes. is a good idea? Good man, <laughs> <for> this stuff." <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody backed off of me like they like they say like the turd in the punch bowl for daring to ask. I thought I thought a well a well considered question. So stuff like that is just ridiculous. I'm I'm that guy, by the way. I I am that guy. I don't care. Uh, it, you know, uh, the, the truth is. I always tell my clients. I go. The truth is coming out. That the truth, as I see it, is coming out. There's no way that I even have the ability to suppress it. It's coming, and it's going to be. Uh, you know, because that's what I get paid to do. And it's like I. Um, even when I was, you know, in in the um, in the corporate in the corporate world in the agency world, if if there's a dumb idea and my boss is the one that suggested it, I will say that doesn't make any damn sense. And then I'll and I'll turn to them and say, "You have to show me what what you're thinking here, because I don't understand. This is stupid." And I think that if more if more people do that, I think if more people do that, you have much fewer instances. Of stupidity, you know, rampant in marketing. I mean, really, it just takes a little bit of judgment and a little bit of cojones to be able to go, look, that's a dumb idea. I don't care if your wife came up with it. She's wrong. Buy her a necklace. Piss off. She's wrong. <laughs> well, well, you're you're a better man than me, Scott, because if and I'm not even that harsh when I say this stuff, but I, they just I'm gone, man. If I say something like that and speak the truth, I'm out. And I just, you have a skill that I apparently don't have to be able to speak honestly like that. You have to, you have to, because if you don't, if you don't, here's, and I always tell my clients this, I say, uh, I say, I can disappoint you now or I can disappoint you later. I go, but the difference of me disappointing you later is that you've already paid me thousands and thousands of dollars and now you're pissed. I said, I would much rather piss you off right now. Because I've I've had people that say uh, I've had people that say oh well we you know I, we really think this is a story and, and we really want to you know use your PR services to amplify it and I say nope that's not a story and they're like they're like well what do you mean you could make a bunch of money off this story I go well you could pay me a bunch of money and then when it fails you know you, because it will um, you know then what are we gonna do so then I give them some other options I say well what do you think about this and what do you think about you know and, and what do you, you know I mean I'm not, I'm not saying that we <clears throat> that we you know cut the conversation off but as a consultant in this world you must be honest about what you, you know people are paying you to do you can't the, the world's full of yes people and there's and the, the world's full of people who are scared to tell the truth I am not one of those. I will tell the truth, and I don't care if the whole if the whole board of directors wants to go one way and it's stupid, then I will stand at the microphone and go, how you doing, everybody, today? I just want to talk to you about this idea that you have. It's really dumb, and here's why. And, and, uh, and I don't <laughs> care. It's like the truth must come out. Well, you're, you're my hero, man. I, if that's something I, I could do that, I, I just apparently don't have that skill. You know, something else that's interesting – and I got to get going here in a minute, <clears throat> but yeah, um, sure. a lot of these companies they may they be really successful in one area, like they may be great at manufacturing equipment, yep. for instance. And some and somehow they get it in their heads that they also know how to produce content, which is not their business model. It's not their core competency. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, we've got the best. We got the best in the business. There's some company I'm not going to mention, but um, they're huge, and uh, I can't get past their marketing director because he claims not to understand how food and music do, go together. Okay, over and over. Oh. I keep sending him all these all these examples. You know, all this stuff over and over and over. And oh, we just don't get it. Yeah, I don't get that. And back to buying Google ads. 
this company probably spends a hundred thousand dollars a month on Google Ads because every time I Google guitar or microphone or bass, no. they got at least three three out of the five ads every time on Google Page One, oh. all paid for. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, but somehow they think, and 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 they're, this what I'm thinking of. Their model is they don't even make anything; they sell gear, uh, and they're really good at it. Very good at it. And they're one of the top probably five online uh, retailers sure, sure. for musical equipment. But they somehow think that that translates into them knowing how to produce interesting content, which is not their business model, right? They're not filmmakers. They're not entertainers. They're not podcasters. Yeah. They're not marketers. And it's like, <laughs> you know, no. And, but you can't tell them that. You know, they're going to do it in-house. And, what, and it's like, how do you get around that? Well, you do. You tell them this is a bad idea, and here's why. So that, that makes you my hero, Scott. Well, you know, it, it, it comes it comes down to this, right? Everybody, uh, you know, you know, um, when I was in marketing school, you know, uh, basically people believe that B two B communications and B two C communications were different, right? I no longer believe that is the case. There, there are only human brains on the other side. And, and what you need to understand is that people, they, they, just, they just care about different things, right? Like um, the, the, the consumer cares about, uh, oh, me hungry, me need Big Mac, me need Big Mac now, right? They need that. But on the B2B side, they're like, me hate Sarah. Sarah pissing me off at work. I, I you know, uh, me, me threatened by, uh, by Sarah and she, she come in into my space. She think, uh, uh, she thinks she do content well, you know, I mean, you know, they, we care about different things and are they stupid? Yes. We're human beings, you know, I mean, yeah, they're incredibly stupid, you know, but, um, as a B2B marketer, you have to still channel what's going on inside their mind and what, and what's going on in what problem you're solving for them, right? So and rather than take the tact of saying, you know, this idea is is stupid or whatever, you know, I would just focus, just keep coming back to the problem. Keep coming back to the problem and saying, and, and maybe, and if there's no problem in that in that area, maybe they say, hey, we're killing it. You know, I mean, digitally, we're killing it. We're killing it, killing it, killing it. Then, you know, they're, you know, for people to take action, they're not going to move into a fog, right? They're, they're, you must um, be clear about what problem you're solving, exactly what problem you're solving, and how you're going to solve it. And, and, and obviously, it has to be a problem that they're actually having, uh, you know, those kind of things. So I would just kind of recommend, you know, if you're asking me the question of how you would get around those gatekeepers, I would just say, you know, they're, they're, you probably don't get around them as much as you try to understand them. Almost every new business presentation I have goes like this. I sit down with them. They tell me how the last marketing agency completely disappointed them and broke their heart. And, I, and I'm like, I know. I'm very sorry they made you feel that way. I'm very sorry. You know, that kind of thing. And you kind of exhibit some empathy. And then you start asking some questions and say, and, and you find out maybe what their problem is. And then once you realize that they have a problem, and if it, you know, is, is in sync with the problem that you solve, then you're in a really, really good position to be able to get them to do what you need them to do because you're really all about them, you know. And, and, uh, and if there's one thing that makes me successful in marketing is that I'm really, really good at that. I'm really good at being able to figure out, so what problem are you, are you having? Are you having this? I don't talk about my 30 years experience. I don't talk about my, the fact that, you know, I, you know, have a master's degree in communications or that I'm accredited by PRSA or I'm StoryBrand certified. I don't talk about that stuff. I talk about them. 
Let's take a lesson from Apple. Apple could tell you how much money they have in the bank. They could tell you that they invented and changed technology forever, but they spend all of their time talking about you. That is branding. We're going to wrap it up with that because, boy, vote for Scott. The Soylent Green That's right. <laughs> party for and, and 2020. And, and, just, and, and there's no such thing. There's no such thing as free health care and free all these things. They take money from other people that have earned it. You know, there's no such thing as this stuff. I mean, millennials, you guys scare the shit out of me by, by you know, I mean, you're going to fall for this stuff. And we're all going to have to get really good at shooting guns to get it back, to get our country back. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it went from fired up to uh-oh sideways with scott for president and i don't, and I don't, and, that, and I don't care hilarious. about that either people say people say you know your political views might uh, polarize somebody good losing marketing good luck and and, and yeah. when you, get, and yeah, when you yeah. get fired the next person will hire me i don't care well our thanks to scott robertson of robertson communications and that's robertson com two m's dot com so robertson com 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 dot yeah com, baby uh in uh, southern california any last words after the last words? <laughs> no, just uh, I'll be out there, you know, I'll be out there in the bars uh, playing music and uh, playing Mustang Sally and Brown Eyed Girl for uh, 20 or 30 uh, extremely drunk individuals in Orange County this weekend. And, uh, and wherever you're playing this week, uh, you know, enjoy it. And, and, you know, we have a limited time on this earth, you know, so make it count. It's important to make it count. All right, Scott, that's our show. And thank you for spending the time. Rock on. See you. Come on.